ladies and gentlemen, you have fallen into the distraction hole. I'm your host this week, Mr. Kevin. With me is Mr. Mike. Mike, how are you? I, I don't think this is a distraction hole. I, it seems to be a pit and there's a basket with some lotion in it. I, uh, I don't I don't understand. Put the lotion in the basket. Put the lotion in the fucking basket, bitch. <laughs> and we have Mr. David. David, how are you? It's Mr. David if you're nasty. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty nasty. <laughs> no, it's interesting. You want Mr. Kevin. Any particular yeah. reason why? Nope. Just kind of in my head, I was like, all right, this distraction hole, we're all Mr. Okay. All right. No. Unless I misgendered anybody. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if anybody's changed her pronouns this week. Nope. Okay. It's, well, instead of Buffalo Bill, one of us could be, I don't know. Jackson, Kevin, uh, well, he was named cause yeah, we're not going into that. That's <laughs> disgusting. So guys, it's been a little bit since we've been in the hole and, uh, I'm sure we've all been keeping ourselves distracted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, aside from illness. Yeah. Yeah. That's another different, worse kind of a distraction. Yeah. That's right. a suck distraction right there. Suck distraction. Mm-hmm. Suck distraction. That sounds like something aliens do to you. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, them bastards. So, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go first. We need to talk about Doctor Who. Who? Ooh, yes. Doctor Who? Down to down, down to Who's down. Who's this down, doctor down, you speak down, of? Down to down, down to down. So, <laughs> um, so the special aired. The third special aired. Mike? Well, hmm. You 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 know about the specials, though, right? I mean, I know Doctor Who is very special in its own right. Well, this is the part where Mike tunes out for twenty minutes while Kevin and I talk about <laughs> something. Yeah, Doctor Who is not my bag. My dad no, I, was really into like the Baker era of Doctor mm-hmm. Who, right? But well, I just I could never, never, never struck I, a chord I think with me. What I'd like to do if we're going to talk about it is do some general impressions of the whole. 60th anniversary, like all three of the specials. Um, we're obviously going to get into spoilers because, like, obviously something big happened. Um, but I, yeah. I encourage anyone who's listening who wants, like, our full uncensored Doctor Who thoughts to encourage us to record a uh, uh, bonus on uh, the Patreon or something like that. That way you and I can, like, really get into yeah, it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, spoilers are coming for the next. I don't know however long the section is. Yeah. So you just uh, skip a little ways ahead. All yeah. right. So first off, I did enjoy the special. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, how, how do you feel about all three of them overall? All right. So the first one was great. It it felt like coming back home to the Doctor Who that I fell in love with for the modern era. You know, mm-hmm. it was good. Second one, I honestly, I'm happy with it because it felt like one of those episodes I would have skipped. It it felt like a Douglas Adams episode to me, like a something little. that he would have he would have written. Um, I, I it felt to me like a Russell T Davies script, but you well, know, they all with, do <laughs> with Disney money. because yeah. well, the you know, sets Dis- would have Disney- been smaller. Disney isn't providing that much money. They're just oh, doing the it's, they're just doing the um, distribution rights outside the UK. 
Oh, I know. It's just it's a fun joke they've been yeah. doing in the fandom with the yeah. new effects. Are all like, "Ooh, look at all that Disney money!" And yeah, uh, go ahead. Well, uh, well. So the way that I'm looking at it now that I've seen all three specials and I see what Davies was trying to do with it, um, like I noticed that each special covers like three Doctor Who elements. The first special covers Earth because Doctor mm-hmm. Who is always doing something on Earth. Second one is a space episode. Third one is a time episode. Right. So each special kind of had its own. There's elements of all of them in all of them. But But there always is. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like they're, you know, these are the three biggest types of Doctor Who episodes. So we're doing all three. Yeah. Those are our three archetypical episodes. And uh, like I will say I did like the horse alien in the second special. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, just, again, like, it's a bottle episode with the two characters on a ship. I absolutely love it. Yeah, and um, they're the only two actors in it. Like, so. I, I need to re-watch The Giggle. Uh, I've only watched it twice so far. I, I still don't know how I'm going to rank them, but I really, really liked Wild Blue Yonder, like, a lot. Uh, it's, like, one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes. I like I liked parts of it, but it probably would, like I said, it was... It felt like one of those episodes I would have got bored and moved away, like, watch something else. Mm. But that's fine. It's not going to please everybody. Mm. Um, again, though, I'm happy Doctor Who is back. I'm happy Russell T. Davies is back. But we do need to talk about the uh, the TARDIS in the room. Mm. Um, so, back to the giggle. Mm-hmm. The thing that, first off, my hat's off to Neil Patrick Harris. Dude, Neil Patrick the, Harris fucking ate. <laughs> he fucking was, ate. He was pulling plywood from his teeth. He was just, chewing so much scenery. Ju- it was just insane. that scene at the unit headquarters was spice up your life. Yes, that's that's another thing that I missed about Russell T Davies is him throwing pop music in at random, like when they in the very second episode of. Uh, the, the Christopher Eccleston series mm-hmm. when they went to uh, Platform 9 to see the end of the earth they have that jukebox and it starts playing Toxic by Britney Spears mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like you know the master was like singing Here Come the Drums and then like uh, I Can't Decide If You Should Live or Die by the Scissor Sisters mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of pop music in Russell T. Davies uh, run and honestly that I was very pleased with. I was like, hey, we got the goofy pop music stuff back in. Like, this whole thing, this whole three episodes has been just, like, pure Russell T. Davies for, like, good and bad. Yes, yes. And I am going to say that the whole sequence in Unit Headquarters with Spice Up Your Life is a kitschy pop Lovecraftian horror. (laughs) Because he is an elder god. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, this is Nyarlathotep, in a way. Yeah, yeah no, like, literally, because um, I know the great old ones exist in Doctor Who. They're mostly, like, a big finish and comic book sort of thing. Right. But, um, like, you know... Those are semi-canon, so... Yeah, Nyarlathotep would be perfect as a Doctor Who villain. Oh, I would adore seeing the Black Pharaoh go up against him. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um but, like, I, I liked a lot of the stuff. I'm still sad about Bernard Cribben passing away. Wilfred mm. is yeah. uh, 
Wilfred was the best. Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely going to miss Wilf. I do like the kind of send off with him, like shooting the gophers and uh, so they, they have force fields. Yeah, apparently the gophers is a reference to a children's show. He was the narrator of. Mm. So that was uh, that was that was Russell T sticking a little uh, reference in for the Brits that know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. So but I, I know you're itching to talk about the whole regeneration thing. Okay, first off, before we go any further, I want to say that uh, Shudi Gatwa is fantastic as the Doctor. Oh yeah, I, I I found him to be magnetic. Like, the minute he came out, he owned the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, by generation, in where... Basically, the doctor buds off another doctor like a bizarre plant or a starfish. Mm. He's a coral. I don't know how I feel about it. It well, feels to me like it cheapens Shooty being there. Well, it depends on how... Unfortunately, Russell T. Davis isn't really making it any easier because he's he's did some post-episode comments that I've conflicts heard. the issue. But, like, my interpretation of what that was is that's just the Doctor in the future uh, coming in to help defeat the the toy maker at that time. So what's going to happen is 14 is going to live his life. He's going to do his full regeneration. And then after that regeneration happens through wibbly wobbly, yeah, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey nonsense, um, 15 arrives at that moment. All right. That's a great theory. And I've seen some people express that theory. But Mm -hmm. given what I know about Russell T. Davies and his disdain for regeneration, Mm. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, like, again, we aren't going to know until we see how this plays out. But at least for now, my thoughts are that this is just because it's nonlinear. You know, you even have 15 till 14. Hey, we're doing the therapy in the wrong order. That is true. Also, I do think it's funny that the the next regeneration of the doctor is the you need to drink water and touch grass, doctor. Mm -hmm. Well, and. I think one way that we'll see this happen is if we get like another David Tennant special, I think we'll mm-hmm. see him add the jukebox to his TARDIS. Maybe. And that way that jukebox is already there when uh, the 15's TARDIS starts. Cause right. I, I, the other thing I read, someone had a great theory that the reason there's a wheelchair ramp is so that uh 14 can take Wilf on a trip. Ah, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so I think what ultimately is going to happen, the the simplest thing is that it's going to basically be a closed loop. I understand that. Uh, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but that's. I I hope that's what's going to happen. I (laughs) think we're going to have some pissed off people. I I Um, mean, we wanted Russell T. Davies back, and we got him. By God, we oh we got all of him. now, I will say one of the things everyone, uh, some people are theorizing about is uh, since there's a unit spinoff coming, which you can tell there's a unit spinoff oh, coming. Yeah. They have set up that weird robot thing mm-hmm. 
and Mel being there and now Donna works there. I think this is the unit doctor. This is a doctor on earth that works with unit. I yeah. think he is going to start going by Dr. John Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which I, I'd, I'd be down for. I like that. He still has the TARDIS. I like that. Um, like I, I the, the temptation for him to go out and save the universe is going to be really hard. And I'm wondering how they're going to navigate that. But well, I guess that's, you know, for another anniversary special, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like this, it, I will say this, I do like the fact that they've handled it in that the 14th Doctor is definitely damaged mentally from everything that's happened, mm-hmm. oh, especially yeah. in the last few hundred years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is not doing well. He is not coping. Yeah, you and know, I, I admit this, that I got teary-eyed yeah. at the end when he's sitting with the the, the noble the family. family. Yeah, yeah, the noble temples. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I did like that. I, I did like... Here's the thing. If they even hadn't done the thing with Shooty, this would have been a good way to end the series, honestly. Mm. Yeah. I would have been happy with... And the doctor settled down for the rest of his days. You know, that would have been okay with me. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing. Does it leave you excited to see uh, the new episodes with 15... Uh, again, I am excited to see them. I feel weird about it, though, because of David Tennant's Doctor still being out there. Mm. Because it feels like, well, who's the real one then, you know? Well, again, the the implication to me, based on the dialogue in the episode, is that it's... F- 15 is the real one, because he says, you take the time to fix yourself. So, so no matter what, we're 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 getting the doctor from the future. He's still the most recent doctor. We're just I, seeing the fourteenth doctor play out and right. go to therapy, basically. I feel like when Shooty does regenerate, it, it's gonna be another bi generation. He's just gonna from here on in start butting off his past selves. Oh, well, and that's that's what Russell. Retire. That's what Russell T. Davies was saying in an interview, I think, which, uh, again, like, we aren't going to know until we see the results of this. Um, Right. It's definitely... But then again, Doctor Who has always been a big fucking mess, so... Well, yes, it's a big mess. It's a big... And it's a huge fairy tale. Yeah. It's just... It's a a wizard with a magic wand in in a blue box that drops out of the sky. Now, now, Mike... You've been listening to this. What, what is your impression of this conversation? Um, magic man and blue box, no good. <clears throat> so you you uh, just don't even care. I mean, I I get the broad strokes of it. Um, <clears throat> Kevin, when he was talking to me about this earlier in the week, <clears throat> my thoughts were, you know, why do the uh, the kind of bifurcation why not just he's he's a fucking time lord so why not just say like on a long enough timeline he starts regenerating back to you know former cells oh they did that and that's you know just an older version of the tenant doctor coming back and be like hey well 
I know you need my help you, here because I've been here before. You did just <clears> remind <throat> me of something, but y'all go ahead. Yeah, I think I know where you're heading with this, Kevin. I'm going to go ahead and preempt you and say that yeah, this tenant doctor is probably the curator from the yes. 50th anniversary. See, Mike, in the 50th anniversary, Matt Smith's doctor was sitting there staring at a painting, and the curator of the museum had been looking for him, and mm-hmm. he starts musing, I could be the, the curator. That's what I could do. I could retire and settle down and be the curator. I'd be great at it. And then you hear Tom Baker's voice say, you know, I probably think you will. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I'm with David. I feel like this David Tennant incarnation will end up being the curator. I'm just saying that it's, it's not necessary to make two of them when... Hey. You yeah. have time travel. See, that's that's what David's talking about, where this is some timey-wimey shit where it isn't two separate doctors, but I really think he's doing it. He's going for this. And ultimately, we'll find out probably in, like, four years once uh, Shooty is ready to leave the show. Yeah. Which, I still am really looking forward to it. He is really gaying it up. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Did you see the trailer for the Christmas special? Uh, yeah, he's wearing a, a, uh, <laughs> a white tank top, a kilt, and he is dancing in a club. Yeah, like, this is probably going to be the queerest Doctor yet, but I'm here for it. Like, yeah. Doctor Who, ever since, I, I would say since the beginning, it's been kind of queer, but, like, um, well, especially you know, 2003 and beyond. Yeah, when, when Russell T. brought it back in 2005, it was definitely more queer and he definitely fought for the representation so when people are complaining about the representation in these specials i'm like you do know who this is and what he's done before so quit your bitching yeah yeah like jack harkness made out with eccleston uh like in an episode yeah harkness made out with everybody at some point it it was funny I, i was watching a um one of the um uh, tenant episode one one of the first tenant ep- the okay I was in season three I think it was the drums trilogy where they introduce reintroduce the master yes and there's Love just those. every time Jack talks to someone tenth doctor is like stop Set. it yeah he's just stop constantly it. like settle down yeah yeah just I I love those vibes it, it's too yeah. bad uh, what happened with um yeah what, what's his name but. Uh, mm. Oh, God, I can't remember his freaking name. Yeah. But uh, that actor is uh, problematic at best. Yeah, but, um, you know, at least at least the Captain Jack character is something we can enjoy. Hey, at least he ends up becoming a giant mechanical puppet. <laughs> he becomes the face of Bo, and he's a special effect, and then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But, y- but you know, I really enjoyed these specials because I'm, I'm going through and I'm rewatching the it, it, it's funny because I'm watching both classic episodes and I'm watching the um the the new generation well it's not the new generation now it's the millennium millennial generation or something right the, um the revi- was, the first revival yeah and it, it seems to me like with um the 15th doctor it is very much like a reboot in the form of yeah. um, nine I think well, yeah, and he's shed the trauma of everything that's happened in the the revival. So yeah, uh, yeah, no. Again, I don't know how I feel about the whole by generation thing, but uh, it's got me mad and curious enough to keep watching. 
Well, and, and that that happens with every showrunner's Doctor Who. You know what I mean? With yes, you know, back when Russell T. Davies was first around, um, the 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 Meta Doctor, right? Yeah, the Meta Crisis. The, the, yeah, the first time they cloned uh, cloned David Tennant. Yeah, um, there are so many Mike. There are so many David Tennants running around in the Doctor Who yeah. universe. It is hey, everybody gets a David Tennant. Um, I've got one. I'm trying to remember what the big controversy was with Moffat's run. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there was one, and then recently with Chibnall, you've got the Timeless Child thing. So like every well, run has some sort of like well, thing for the fans to bitch about. Moffat's big thing was uh, it was much more fairy tale like, and the Doctor was. Uh, I actually liked his run, but like you know, he he had his tropes, and uh, I think it was a whole name of the Doctor's story where he he cheaped it out, and you never find out his name at the end. Mm. Yeah, but, I'm sure. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about like big continuity. Things. Oh yeah, like I, yeah. I'm sure there was something in the Moffat era. Uh, I, I haven't gotten to those episodes yet um, in uh, my rewatch. I, yeah, you'll find it, whatever it is. I'm sure, but I oh am oh, oh to, yeah, I am going to say that. Uh, yeah, the Chibnall era, the big controversy was he can't fucking write. <laughs> oh, and so, you know when I when I'm talking about is that whole timeless I child know. thing, which, which again is. Here's There's, the thing. I don't have a yeah. problem with that. That actually goes back to something from the original run. It's called the um, oh the Cartmel Master Plan, where mm-hmm. uh, one of the writers was like, "We need to make Doctor Who mysterious again." So he started dropping hints that he was more than a Time Lord. Yeah, and the plan was going to be that he is the foundation, one of the three founders of Time Lord Society. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much all Chibnall did is just kind of make that canon, but in a different way. And I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't watched the episode myself. Like, I've heard all about right. it, trust me, but... Yeah, no, it's fine, yeah. But, um, no, I, I, I think for a 60th anniversary, I think it was pretty successful. Um, I feel like the 50th anniversary is going to be hard to top that. Yeah, 50th was great, um... I went back and watched it, and I mean, it's really hard to top something with John Hurt. Well, and just the the scale of the number of doctors. Yes, that that final moment where they're oh. saving Gallifrey, and it's and, you, and then you Capaldi's get that just hint eyes. of Capaldi. Yeah, yeah, that is great. Which it's funny. I was just recently I just recently watched the Fires of Pompeii, um, and oh, having yeah. Capaldi mm-hmm. and Karen Gillan in it. Yeah, like just, yeah. again, wild, wild stuff. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, Colin Baker was uh, in playing like a Time Lord uh, security chief uh, sev- only a few episodes before he took over as the Doctor. Yeah, I actually watched that episode too because I, <laughs> I like I I wasn't feeling great, so I watched like because they run through like a whole bunch of classic episodes on the Pluto TV Classic Who channel. Yeah. yeah. So I started off with um, the the Troughton episodes went up through the um, mm-hmm. Baker episodes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about Doctor Who enough. We should get Mike back into All the right, conversation. All right, yeah, let's, let's reboot Who? Mike. <clears throat> yeah. Who? So, Mike. Yeah? What do you want to talk about? Um, I've just What been, have you been doing? I've been reading the forums and listening to someone prattle about Doctor Who. I, I meant during the week. Oh. Oh, during the week. <laughs> what have you been so, doing to distract <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what I've been doing to distract myself over the last, like, hour. It was well, we, 20 We do appreciate minutes, your sir. patience. 
<clears throat> yeah, I do appreciate <clears throat> you letting us do that, but uh, yeah. it was 20 minutes. Oh, so uh, the actor was John Barrowman. John Barrowman, right. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Dragon Con a lot, and yeah. Did go did to Dragon, Dragon Con, Con a lot. A lot. He did, yeah, I guess he didn't go last year. No, no, he yeah, didn't. Yeah, I, I saw him a lot like in the on Dragon Con TV and stuff, and yeah, I, when I found out stuff, I was like, mm, yeah. Boy. I, I know people that have been handled by him. Mm. Yeah, I I I met him in the sense that I like Pat because we were we were both like convention guests. I think it was mm. like at Long Beach Comic Con, and like I said right. hi, he said hi back, and then um, we were kind of like six feet apart as we left the convention floor. So like I he unfortunately I never got my butt touched by him. So <laughs> fortunately because, or unfortunately, uh, unfortunately. So, so okay. I was gonna say so. I think I think cons need like a you know they have the uh, the green yellow red thing for like you know conversations they need that for like you know butt touching like would you <laughs> would you like to what what's your status on John Barrowman touching your butt green you know <laughs> all in you know John Barrowman can you know grope me whenever yellow it's like I'd like at least to you know make eye contact and talk to first and red is no you know but no butt stuff with John Barrowman at a con yeah it, yeah it, it reminds me of those consent cards that they were giving yeah. cosplayers which is a very dark thing to think about yeah, yeah. no I mean it's Oh boy! Why are nerds so creepy? I mean, I know why. I mean, it's it's all it's comes because, down to the I, social. I, I don't know, Mike. You tell us. Social, the lack of social. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! Climbing, <laughs> and you know we're just terrible, no. isolated people in, at times. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that a lot of us are called trolls. Um, <sighs> we live under bridges. Yeah, eat Billy goats. Um, I I don't like Billy goats. I just like gyro meat. Same. Yeah. But yeah, Mike, what have you been distracting yourself with? A <laughs> uh, horrible uh, geek. No, no. Uh, so I've been watching some some anime. I've gotten into a new series. You probably have never heard of it. It's uh, anti-capitalist space lesbians and robots. Is that the title? Uh, no, that's the synopsis. It's actually uh, Gundam Witch of Mercury. Oh yeah, I need to cap- I need I need to watch that. But yeah, that, that, that's the basically the synopsis. And, it, and so far, there's no like lesbianism. They just happen to be like engaged, mm. but they're not well, like romantic yet. I, I, I did I did read something. <laughs> I need to see the show to verify it myself. But it's one of those things where it's like kind of getting shit under the radar because if you look at one of the characters. Uh, two fingernails, they end up being shorter than the others. Okay. And and the yeah. implication is so it's easier to... Oh. Uh, finger bang. It, yeah, it's a finger bang, yeah. So, no, I mean, in the in, even in the prologue, there were two uh, kind of side characters that were ladies that were very concerned for each other and seemed like, you know, they, they were definitely, you know... A thing. They were they were a lesbian couple, a lupel, yeah. if you will. A yeah. it's like same sex relationships <clears throat> in anime. It's it's interesting because I'm watching a um a, like it's a Yuri anime. It's called I felt uh, I'm in love with the villainous, um, mm. and I'm just like this could be a lot gayer. So so yeah, yeah. in you know, 
boy on boy is just like completely verboten. Like it, it's it's unless you're talking about like hardcore, you know, hentai. Uh, yeah, boy, boy love is just not yaoi. a thing. Yoi, yeah, yoi, yaoi, yoi, yaoi. However you say it, but yeah, that whereas you know, lesbians, you know. Yuri is more socially acceptable. Because it can also be played into like the whole kawaii cute culture thing. Yeah, that, yeah. you know, you know, just, you know, heteronormative men. You know, yeah, that's, that's it's, a, it's what I call uh, uh, being a trailer park ally. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to see gay stuff unless it's two girls. That's mm-hmm. not even an ally. That's I just, know. you know. It's, I couldn't think of another word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. That's just you know dudes being dudes. God, I hate that. <clears throat> so, 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 how is the actual like Gundam action? Is it so? Pretty good? I am. Well, how far have I gotten? I am eight episodes in. It's mm-hmm. it's very. So the Gundam action is good, but it's definitely not. I mean, I've it's been a while since I've seen any Gundam. Like so. Re- okay, so my Gundam repertoire. I've seen all of Wing back in the day when it was like Cartoon Network. I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw all of uh, 8th MS, Mm -hmm. but that was quite a while ago as well. And I started watching, oh, I can't remember, Gundam Child Soldiers. Can't remember what it was. It's basically, it's basically literally children's soldiers. And so Gundam seems to be divided into like two prime categories. You have like the big fancy Gundams that are like, you know, god level and can do all this other stuff and then you have gundams treated like kind of more realistic military hardware where mm. 8th ms and this child soldier one seem to be in that category yeah i i'm curious where all these fall into the the dual timelines yeah i i yeah. think which for mercury is a uh, universal century yeah you it? which for mercury and gundam wing fall into the first the kind of you know super badass Gundam category. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So there's different types of, like, Gundam stories, but either of them could fit into either the Universal Century timeline or, like, the spinoff stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't try to uh, keep up with that because... Yeah. Just watch the show. Because, yeah. like I said, those are the only Gundam shows I've really watched to any degree. Yeah. Um, and there, there is a there is one that I think you should watch. It's not super long. I think it's like six episodes. Um, War in the Pocket. That is, one is, that one's really good. Is that a masturbation euphemism? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's good. Like if you get a chance, I think War in the Pocket, uh, War in the Pocket is like one of the best Gundam projects. Mm. So anyway, which which for Mercury? Um, so it's. Let's see how to encapsulate it. It's basically Gundam as we know them are illegal. Like the the really high end, you know. Um, so they call it a Gund format, which apparently is some kind of like synchronization synchronization between the pilot and the uh, the Gundam, which ends up killing the pilot eventually. So that's illegal. But for some reason, our uh, that hasn't been revealed yet, our hero, the redheaded girl, can't remember her name, um, is immune to it. Which you know, she it's the prologue has her hook into the Gundam at like really young. I forget how old, like three or four years old, 
Hmm. And, you know, she's able to fully control it without any kind of like ill adverse effects. So is she a new type? I don't know. We don't know yet. Like I'm, that's mm. why I'm saying that we don't know what 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 her deal is yet. I'm sure they'll be uh, established she, later. I know what she is, Mike. She's mm. a clone of Shinji's mother. She has plot armor. <clears throat> well, well, no, the Gundams are sisters, so you know, because her mom is around, still around. Uh, pilot the goddamn mech, Shinji. Yeah. So sorry. So anyway, <laughs> she's wrong franchise. She's enrolled in this uh, corporate school. Like, so there's like capitalism is a big thing in this show, like and not in a good way. <laughs> like like there are major corporations that basically control, like put it to you this way, the guy that they show as the president of the corporation for a long time, like for the first several episodes, I thought he was the president of like everything. But no, he's just president of this corporation, but he has so much power. He's basically, right. you know almost a god mm. um sounds so like a, there needs to be some voting from the rooftops yeah, but, in that show well, yeah. <laughs> there, there's all these other mega corps and so gundams are illegal and she of course has a gundam because she goes enrolls in the school and part of the you know the school of course has a gundam program not a gundam but a, a mech program and she brings her own gundam well it's, you know that think about that as like <laughs> school supplies Pencils, pens, Manila notebook paper. paper, Gundam. You know, that that's a hell of an ask for a uh it, it is high schooler. And so and of course it becomes fo- gets found out eventually that this is one of the illegal Gundams, but you know, hijinks ensue. Oh, those that's, hijinks. That's, that's where I am right now, is that you know the hijinks <laughs> they are <laughs> ensuing. Yes. Here's the problem with hijinks and gundam. Usually that yeah. means genocide. Not yet, no. Like it's so far. Give it oh, a minute. There's also duels, so apparently, like everything mm. under the sun can be settled with a duel because you know this is a. Oh, you know, it's France. These, oh, it's Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, rules. I mean, these are these are you know elites of the corporation. So yeah, they're all basically aristocracy, mm-hmm. and they're you know spoiled kids, and they're there's a there's definitely a uh, parents using their kids as pawns undercurrent in this show. Mm. Um, these kids I are probably need to watch this. It sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, these kids are, you know, kind of following their parents' whims, and and the uh, I can't remember her name. I got to look up her name. It's not Stella. It's something. Uh, bear with me. It's a really weird name. Look it up, Mikey. I'm Look looking it up. up. <laughs> Look it up, Mikey. This, you're going to have to cut up. this shit. Uh, <laughs> We're leaving this in the episode, by the way. God damn it. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Dang it. That's not, the, that's not what they say. It, in this. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's in a different name. So so her, her original name was Samaya. But they use a different name in the at. I guess she's under an assumed name in the show in the uh, school, and I can't find it. Fuck me! I'm letting everybody it's, down. It's okay, man. Let's but just... redhead. Let's just a little redhead girl. And I can't even remember what my point was. Now I got so off track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Fun man. Times. No, Suleta. Um, yes, yeah, Suleta. It's a, it's a weird name. Okay. But yeah. Uh, damn. Where was I going with that? <laughs> 
If you can't tell, Mike has revived the drunk cast. <laughs> um, just because I had a headache and I was like, I want to drink. Well, anyway, so the point being, it's a fun show so far. I will obviously be back because I'm in. I'm on episode. I've finished episode eight of twenty four. So okay. actually, episode nine because there's a episode zero prologue. Ah, so yeah. Okay. I'm enjoying it so far. Other than that, um, I've been doing a lot of 3D printing because I found this uh, pretty neat uh, Lego wreath print I want to get out for uh, the holidays. Yeah, he's printing, you know, the Lego tree limb things? Yeah, the little piece I was like, it's like, had... It looks like the Elder sign. Yeah, it was just a little branchy piece that they use for, like, green yeah. tree limbs and Lego sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, several of those in a ring and using and then little studs on it for uh, yeah, but well, decoration. But big, That's yeah, cute. it's like yeah, like each piece I'd say is about eight inches long, so it makes about a twenty inch wreath. I would say. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, yeah you can print your own Lego characters with that. Yeah, no, I like, mean, I you you should totally like custom print some uh, errant apprentice pieces for uh, oh wow that would yeah. be kind of fun actually i do have a terry model that i uh i downloaded a a model from hero forge and then when i had gumption brought it into blender and modified it so it actually looks like terry so oh that's awesome yeah you, you can totally print that out i did Oh, yeah, okay. Well, there you go. It's it's yeah, somewhere. We printed mm. it. We tried it on the uh, FDM fit, uh, printer first, and that was just a horrible monstrosity. Yeah, it was covered uh, in zits. He was covered in tumors. Tumors. Oh, zits, Jesus whatever. Christ! But no, I did did them on the resin printer. It turned out fine. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, let's see. I think that's about it that I can think of. I mean, I haven't really played any games much. Um, not watch any other shows really. Hmm. Just well, YouTube and shit. Yeah, as usual. What kind of YouTube channels are you watching, Mike? <sighs> Just the same old, same old. Nothing new there. Okay. Just I have so many of them. I just, you know, know what. I have at least one or two videos to watch a day. Yeah. That update. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. I'm done. All right. Well, um, being the host, I think we're going to go ahead and take a break Sounds here good real to me. quick. And we will be right back after this. Welcome back. And before we get started on David's distractions, it's a holiday season. It's the holiday season. <laughs> Mike, what's your favorite Happy Christmas? Honda days. Oh, Happy Honda Days. Happy Honda Days. Mike, what's your favorite Christmas song? Um, I would have to say, I don't know about favorite, but I don't know. One I have to listen to every year, no matter what. I, I think it's I know a what it is. It's a requirement that I listen to um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by... Oh, Hall of Notes? No. no. Um, damn it! I can't believe I can't. Gene Autry? No. Uh, East Street Band. Oh, oh, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Wow, that rum hit you hard. I could not remember (laughs) Bruce Springsteen, but yeah, Bruce Springsteen's "Santa Claus Is Coming to Town." I get that. That's a great one. 
that's just I remember that from my childhood. Like I even had we had like a uh, a tape we recorded off of like probably the air or something that yeah. had Christmas songs. Okay, and you know play yeah. that all the time. Okay, David, what's yours? Honestly, Feliz Navidad is a bop. You know I what? I love that one. It's not my favorite, but I love that one. I know a it's lot of good. people that hate it, including it, several Mexicans. You know, it's just, I, I don't know why. Like, when I hear that, it's like, okay, yeah, no, this is the Christmas season. Yeah, yeah like, it's fine. Because yeah. it's it's one of those, like, filler Christmas songs. It's not, like, one of the big ones. But it's, it, a, but it's ubiquitous. Yeah. Like, you hear it everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mine is Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. Mm, okay. It, it's not a, a Christmas in Hollis. It used to be Christmas in Hollis, but right now it's Christmas wrapping. Uh, and my uh, my comedy answer would have been Brick by Ben Folds Five. <laughs> now, now, how do we feel about all I want for Christmas is you? I like it. Wait, like, are we talking honestly, about it's, there's the, nothing wrong with it? It's just, I, I do yeah. agree it's overplayed. Like I don't want to hear it like before Thanksgiving or like you, I, I do like that Mariah Carey leaned into it, and every year yeah. they do this video of her like defrosting. Yes, like, that, that's funny to me. I, I I actually enjoy that quite a bit. I say December first, you know, go for it. All bets are off, but she before, fucking dusted that off on November first no, this year. That's too God, early. That is <laughs> no. way too early. <laughs> December. Like 1st, I remember the fucking tweet with the video, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! I still remember when the SCP Foundation tweeted and said, "We haven't done anything for uh, Halloween. We're still trying to keep. We were trying to keep Mariah Carey in containment, and we failed." <laughs> in, the, in the same vein, I have to ask, what's everybody's thoughts on? Uh, Last Christmas. Oh, fuck that song. I do not like that song. I, I like it. All right. I don't like, they're, like it. They're all, all, all Christmas songs are in, in inherently cheesy to me. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're so like I, you know, I enjoy them. I, that's that's one like, you know, I I participate in Whamageddon. <laughs> I like Whamageddon just as a thing, but I'm not like sad when I lose. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, so I'm I'm good so far. Yeah, I I, I got Whamageddon at the bowling alley last weekend. Motherfucker. You know, he, yeah. he, here here's the trick. Like I don't listen to radio. Yeah. Um. Usually, and then if I'm listening to music, it's usually like if I'm listening to seasonal music, it's holiday lo-fi. Here, here's the okay. problem: is my Christmas playlist has both those songs in it. Yeah. So you know, it's just like a crapshoot. Yeah, it's 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 me. It's, I'm playing. It's Russian roulette. I'm playing Whamageddon and Mariah Carey Russian roulette. You know, I probably will start hearing it next week as I'm driving around the station. Start playing more. Um, yeah. Holiday music. You see, I'm lucky because um, like the station that I listen to in the car when I'm used the car, which isn't very often because I work from home. God damn it. Um, is uh, KCRW, which is a very kind of like hipstery station. It's like oh. a so they don't do a ton of like top 40. Um, okay. But I, I discover a lot of good music through them and everything like that. But it's also like you won't hear that shit until like December 23rd and 24th. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to bring that up seeing as it's the holidays when we're recording this. Yeah. And, uh, God so, bless us, everyone. Yes. Thank you, Tiny Spim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, David, <laughs> mm-hmm. what have you been doing to distract yourself, sir? 
Well, um, I, I was sick for a while, so I had a lot of time to watch anime and shit. So there's yeah. a few series I'm watching. Not going to bore you with details on that right now. Like, I'll probably talk about them another time. Um, managed to complete my seasonal dur- uh, journey in Diablo, and I'm now I'm working on my second character. Okay. Um, but also, like, let's talk about the real reason for the season. Oh, yes. Godzilla. Godzilla is the reason for the season. Okay, it has to be a non-spoiler cast because I really want to see it. I just have not had time. Mike? Hmm. Okay. 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 We're just going to talk about our opinions of it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I also want to talk about, like, how much, like, broadly how great it is to be a Godzilla fan right now. And the other thing is... It's there's not that much to spoil. It's Japan. Know, Godzilla but, shows up. Everybody screams. But I, I just don't want no, specific. It's cool. It's cool. We're yeah, not gonna yeah, go in. Yeah, we're not. We're not gonna do a whole lot of details. So obviously, like, um, gonna talk about minus one. Um, yes. But also, like, right now, I am just incredibly happy because I yeah got we've got the new uh, Godzilla minus one. Mm-hmm. Godzilla and Kong next year. Yep. Then, of course, there's Monsterverse, uh, the uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which I'm watching I've, right now. I've heard of that one. I have not seen it. And I just read the first two issues of uh, Godzilla and Kong versus the Justice League. So I'm just wait, like... Wait, do what now? Yes, Godzilla and Kong versus the Justice League. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. I'm yes, it is the Monsterverse Godzilla and Kong 2. Oh, okay. So he's got yeah. the axe made from a Godzilla scale. Uh, we haven't seen the axe yet, no. Okay. Um, but no, no. So like, I love the fact that I'm not only getting like my serious horror Godzilla with minus one, but I'm getting like the Toho Showa era wrestling oh, yeah. picture stuff. Yeah. It's with res- the monster. It's wrestling kaiju. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I just again like Godzilla fans have it so goddamn good right now. Especially, yeah. um, did you see the trailer for Godzilla and Kong? I did. I am really excited, I, and that shot of the two of them running... You mean the one everybody's re- pissed off about? Yeah, I love okay. it. I no, love yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a cheesy movie, and I'm fine with that. It's a Godzilla movie. Great. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and like, you know, the the, per- the, the purple-pinkish spines, okay, well, that's totally the, um, you know, uh, Millennium Era, this, right? This is straight up Godzilla is now copyright. This version of Godzilla is now distinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I just, uh, I'm super happy, but of course, like, I, I yeah. had to see Minus One. I couldn't see it because I wasn't feeling well, uh, plus my dad being in the hospital, but then he got out, and I took him to see it, um, and oh my god, Minus One is so good. Yeah, my comment when me and Warren got out of the theater was, that wasn't just the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen, that is the best movie I have seen this year. It is legitimately an excellent movie, you know. You know, taking all the Godzilla stuff aside, you know, still a very, very good movie. Now, is it is it predictable? Did I see all the beats coming? Yes, that happens to me with most movies anyway. But yeah, I can overlook that because it was so well done. I've read enough screenwriting books that I do the same thing, and I don't care if it's a good movie, you know. Mm-hmm. But my um, my comment about it and I'll you know what you go ahead I'll I'll throw this in later. So yeah basically like the the film is kind of a reboot of the series. I don't know if it's going to be a complete reboot but it's basically the original Godzilla just with a different approach. 
and more of a focus on the immediate post-World uh, World War II Japan. Yeah. You know, as opposed to the reconstruction of the uh, 1950s uh, of the original film. Yeah. Um, the interesting spin on this one is the role that the lead character had in the war. And yeah. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it because I think it's relevant to yeah, understanding I, what the story is doing. Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to say, um, you know, how in a Godzilla movie like the old ones you're watching and there's human stuff. And you're like, come on, get to the guys in the rubber suits. Mm-hmm. This is the first Godzilla movie where I forget Godzilla was in it for a little bit. And then when he showed back up, I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot. And, and when Godzilla shows, like, when Godzilla shows up in this movie, every time he shows up, it is the most fucking impactful thing I have seen <laughs> in a Godzilla movie because of this, how much we care for these human characters. Which, like, that, is re- that is a, <clears throat> a fantastic thing that they've accomplished in this movie. Yeah, like, I haven't felt this much dread watching a Godzilla movie. Since I, I guess I could say Shin Godzilla, but even before that, like the original Godzilla, because that that movie has like a pervasive dread to it. Mm-hmm. I think this one has that one beat. Yes, it just again, like it's it's a wonderful movie. It's not exactly a feel good movie. Uh, no, but it's it's got heart. Yeah, and like everything in it feels earned. Which I appreciate. Yes. Um, and like, oh God, it's just, it, it's so good. Um, I hope that we're going to get a sequel to this one. I hope this is the start of a, and he, here, here's the thing. I'm wondering if it can fit into the continuity with the original 1954 Godzilla. And the reason I say that is because there is talk of like cover-ups in this one. Mm. So like and I, they cover I, yeah, it up so and then he shows back up in the original. Yeah, and I I, I don't know how well that can work, but you, again, yeah. like you can also do like a retroactive remake of the original mm-hmm. to then slot this in there and make it work. Yeah. But I I don't see how this has to like replace the original either. Like yeah. I feel like it can be slotted in there. And I. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, it's I feel like this movie should win some awards. Yeah, unfortunately, like the timing didn't work out and everything like that. And then, you know, people are talking about how the movie only costs like 15 million to make, which like on the surface is like, wow, that's super impressive. But then you have to take into account, well, the animators are kind of getting fucked over on that one. Yep. Yep. So, uh, again, a lot of people are using the movie as like a, a wedge issue for what's going on in Hollywood right now and what's going on with like the big studios and everything like that. And it's, can't we just fucking enjoy Godzilla? Can't we? Yes, but we do need to think about what's going on in the industry. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Obviously like there's definitely going to be some like budget reckoning when they, they see what's going on here. But I, I hope the solution isn't like, well, why don't we just pay the animators less? Yeah, that would be awful. 
right? It, it's more like maybe you need to start casting more unknown people or, you know. The, the um, solution's going to be just, you know, AI for everything. God, no, the solution <laughs> is we make a real Godzilla. <laughs> we just find a Godzillasaurus, nuke it, there and there you go. We just film it live as a documentary. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I, I think see, if you ever look at like movie budgets, yes, the actor, big name actors get paid a lot, but there's just a lot more accounting bullshit that yeah, goes into also movie true. accounting. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously there's a ton of different factors that go into it. Um, but like the like marketing mil- shit. Like multi-million dollar paydays mm-hmm. for the actors certainly don't help. Well, it doesn't yeah. help, but when you look at a movie with like a yeah. hundred million dollar budget and like almost a hundred million dollar in marketing budget, you're like going, why? Why does it cost almost as much to market this movie as it does to make the movie? Yeah, didn't yeah. didn't Burger King pay you? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's where a lot of this Hollywood uh, accounting comes in that in the whole like so you know when they, when they make when they say it took x amount to make a movie you realize they're also uh doing stuff like they're renting the uh renting the props and stuff from themselves mm-hmm. and the studios mm-hmm. from themselves and paying their own uh vfx houses to do stuff but you know that yeah. counts as you know losses in the movie yeah so yeah, just well, yeah. It's, it's like it's like they did said in the uh, coming to America lawsuit. Uh, if it, according to them, no movie has made money in Hollywood since like nineteen thirty something. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Hollywood accounting that's so yeah. notorious. It is awful, and you know it. And when you when you when you can on paper show a movie has never made a profit, well, that just gives you ammunition for underpaying. You know, yeah. you're everybody that's not Tom Cruise, yeah, or of that the caliber. Fucker. Yeah, yeah. So, long, long story short, uh, minus Fuck one, Hollywood. Godzilla minus oh, one, no. amazing. Yes, and I can't wait for the sequel where they introduce Godzuki. Because <laughs> I would love to see Godzuki, like his little baby Godzilla, show up in one of these, looking all realistic. Like I'm, I'm worried about that uh, Godzilla and Kong trailer introducing a potential son of Kong. Here's the thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, because that's putting a a target on the back of Kong here. Here's the thing. I I wouldn't put it past him to like kill off Kong and then have Godzilla raise a new Kong. Do you know what I think it is? I don't think it's a new Kong. I think it's Mighty Joe Young. I'm dead serious, man. If they're putting all the monsters in, why not put Mighty Joe Young in? Yeah, I, I just wish, like, with, with how well the MonsterVerse is doing, I kind of wish Toho would, like, open up their catalog a little bit more for some more of the classic monsters. Because I think they did a great job with Ghidorah, Rodan, and uh, Mothra. Yeah. King like, of the Monsters fantastic. was amazing. Yeah, like I, I want to see Anjuris. I want to see like I, my, my dream monsterverse movie would be Bialante. Uh, yeah, that and uh, Jet Jaguar bust motherfucker. Yeah, like I, I would love to see the monsterverse take on Jet Jaguar. Oh yeah, no, like we build a giant kaiju fighting robot, and it that just, that isn't Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, and it just happens to look like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> punch, punch, punch. 
knock, knock, knock. Who's there? I need to see, whoa, if, whoa. I need to see if there's more episodes of that. I started the like Jet Jaguar anime thing and I got to I, oh, right. I think I stopped because I uh, got caught up. <clears throat> I need to look, see, uh, see how far I progressed on that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Wait, wait, I, I'm just I'm I'm just so happy to be a Godzilla fan right now. Where's, also, I like, get it. Yeah, no, it's great. Also, like 2024, year of the monkey, baby, because we're getting uh, Godzilla and Kong. We're getting a new Planet of the Apes. That's good. And that's the right. Donkey Kong <clears throat> Country opens up at like Nintendo World Japan. Oh no. Yeah, it's it's fucking um, monkey year. I love it. I love I it. I gotta tell Austin. Year of the Harambe. <laughs> Maybe uh, this yes. maybe this is what's going to get us back on track. Just mm-hmm. monkey monkey it up. Because as we know, <laughs> that's our that is our official stance on where the timeline diverged into this horrid hellscape that we exist in. Well, I, I know definitely closer to when that new Planet of the Apes movie comes out, I am probably going to just like talk nonstop about that trilogy. Um, I have the, the, not over the past decade. I have not it's seen so good. past the first one. Honestly, I'm going to put this out there. I think it is the best overall sci-fi trilogy ever. Okay, but... I honestly think that. Uh, it's I love the, the three recent Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, when, when I remember, Mike, when you were living on uh, in that house with all them people, mm-hmm. and we watched Planet of the Apes one night, the original, the Heston. Yeah. Mm. And... After it was over, we were just like, God, fucking intolerant orangutan. I want to go beat up a monkey. <laughs> we were all just yelling about beating up monkeys afterwards. Yeah. I know they're apes, but nonetheless. I hate every ape Turn, I see turns from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. <laughs> it turned out the intolerant monkeys was ourselves the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> The treasure was the enemy monkeys we made along the way. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I say the year of the monkey. Obviously, they're all apes, but yeah, just again. Still. It's the year of the monkey. We call them fucking monkeys. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm just... Man, it's it's fun times to be a fan of monsters and apes. Yep. But so I was going to say that. So we have, we've had like revivals with like... Uh, Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman. Where's Where's Shin Jet Jaguar and Shin uh, Gamera? I want Gamera back. I, I think Shin Gamera was something that was mentioned, wasn't it? Like, were they going to do a Shin Gamera? They were going to try to do a new Gamera movie, and it fell through, I think. I, I know that Netflix has a new uh, Gamera animated series. <gasps> I haven't seen it yet. How How did I not know this? Yeah, it's it's um I, I haven't watched it yet. Like I haven't watched the Skull Island cartoon they did, but uh there is a um uh Gamera series on there. My god, Mike, we need it. Okay, wait, there is gonna be a Shin Common writer, I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah that's Shin, yeah. that's uh what's his name that did Evangelion again? Uh Hideki. Yeah, he's Yama. done all of them so far. Yeah, all the Shin stuff is Hideki on. And I just think it's great. He's just like, you know what? Y'all want me to make these movies? Fine, I'm bringing back my childhood. Fuck well, off. Well, it, it's funny because that's kind of how he got his start. Was he like made fan films? He did like yeah. a sh- he did an Ultraman fan film. Yeah, that's right. He did. He also did mm-hmm. like all those. Uh, you know, he did. Didn't he work on the uh, Daikon 
yes, uh, yes. The was, Nikon video. Yeah, that was Gynax. So yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, but he was one of the founders of Gynax, wasn't that's he? That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious what series are going to start kind of hitting America. I think the time is right for like an American adaptation of Ultraman. I think uh, we're finally at a. Yeah, I think I we're think, finally at a period where that'll work. I think we could get away with it this time. I'd also like to see, and I, I'm I'm being honest here. I'd love to see an American version of Common Rider. Well, that's not the one that Saban brought over. Is, wasn't that Knight yeah, Rider? Yeah. yeah. You son um, of a bitch. Yeah. How could no, you? Just, how could you say something so controversial and so right? But but you know just like okay, it's a super soldier with kind of like a bug looking motorcycle outfit who does like kung fu kicks and shit. I think people could get behind that. I would be interested. And seeing what that is. Like, especially with the success of the One Piece adaptation. And it it has heavy Power Rangers, like, you know... Vibe. Vibes, which Mm -hmm. would appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I I, I was... I've been thinking a lot about, like, what sort of, like, anime and what sort of very Japanese things I could see being adapted. And I think one I would like to see is um, Spy Family. Ah. I... I think you could get a really good um, FX series that's an adaptation of Spy Family. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that would work actually. I've been watching yeah. Spy Family. I'm pretty good on it. it it's so it cute. Is, it is very cute. Like you know, here, here I've seen photos. Here are you know three people that have secret you know backgrounds and I wouldn't say identities necessarily, but you know they have different things about them and they're yeah they're they've inadvertently become a family and they're you know they do care about each other but they this, don't know each other's like shit so this sounds yeah. like what they tried to do with the black widow movie yeah so, kind of so so the main conceit cutie, is that cuter. the um the father character he is a kind of like secret He's agent basically who's trying to James prevent Bond. war from breaking out mm-hmm. yeah um, he, he needs to put together a family to get close to someone. So he, uh, he adopts a little child. The child is actually part of some sort of secret psychic she, training program. Yeah. She, she was basically their version of, uh, oh, what's that thing called? Akira? No. Uh, like, uh the, the real thing. Oh, uh, oh God. The, yeah, the, the, the crazy shit that the U S yeah, government MK did. Ultra. MK ultra. Yeah. She's yeah, basically yeah, an MK and, ultra baby. And then he finds a woman to play the mother, and she's actually like a member of a guild of assassins. She, she's La Femme Nikita. Oh, wow. I yeah. need to watch this. Yeah. It, it is legitimately excellent because they all have their, you know, and he, here's the thing about the anime. It's very much kind of like a, like a sitcom. It's very sitcom slice of lifey because it's, it's, yeah. it's based so on the, a, like, it's based I, I, on a serial, yeah. serialized, uh, you know, strip. Ah. Yeah. So I think like an American version would probably do more of a serial serialization thing. Um, yeah. So it's less sitcom. You'd still have a lot of the elements in there, but more story focused. Think, think I about, think that could work. Think about it with like true lies or Mr. And Mrs. Smith. If they had a kid involved. Well, they 
did have a kid involved. Well, in a psychic kid, like a psychic. Okay, kid. well that's like, different. like a kid that was like not just involved, oh. like not just a kid, but a kid that was like involved in the plots and the conspiracy. Oh, oh, and then also the dog can see into the future. Oh Wait, yeah, they have what the, dog. the fuck? Yeah, it's it's good. No, it is legitimately it is, and I swear to God, Anya is the most adorable child character. No, I have I've ever seen, seen stuff sh- of her, and but she's true to like actually being a like whatever age. What she what she call well, her? Here, like here's the great thing about like it: that. they're all dumbasses. Oh yeah, they're all dumbasses. All, all three, all three human members of that family are complete idiots, just in different ways. Like so, so like Lloyd, the the dad, he's hyper competent as a spy, but he overthinks things, and he's very like dumb uh, regarding his awareness of like situations and like social socialization. Right, yeah, and and just the the family itself. Yeah, uh, your incredible assassin. She's kind of dumb. Yeah, she she's like, definitely. It's not in a, a bad ditzy. way. Um, but no, no, uh, Anya is like very authentic to being a kid of that age. Like, yeah. So like like, when she gets adopted, she, she tells Lloyd she's like eight, but she's, she's actually like five or six. Yeah. So, so she's not, she, she's got like the intelligence of like a five-year-old, but she's put in these situations of like an elementary school kid. Oh God. But also, she is kind of dumb too. Like other, and I, I don't mean dumb in a bad way because I love dumb characters. Like, um, that's one of my favorite things about Lupin the Third. Every single member of Lupin's crew is oh, a dumbass they're in fucking, some way. They're fucking idiots. Yes. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Spy <clears throat> they're, Family. They're, they're all dumb in some way. And they're highly competent, highly functional idiots. idiots. In, in a conceit yeah. like this, you have to have blind spots, otherwise, mm-hmm. you know. People just find that shit out too fast. So you have to have believable blind spots, which is just making someone, you know, a dumbass in some way. Yeah. So, yeah, I I was just thinking, like, Spy Family would be good. But, yeah, I'd I'd also say, like, the the time is right to maybe bring Ultraman to the U.S. I know that the Marvel was doing a series, and I thought that was a pretty good template for it. Sure. Uh, So, I I don't know. I, I think the time is right for an American Ultraman. Yeah, sure. no, I agree. I would love for Ultraman <laughs> to make it over because, like, it, they brought it over and dubbed it like years ago, and mm-hmm. I never got the chance to see no. it. It was like just before my time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm a, still a little bitter about that. What did I get? Kimba the White Lion. Well, Kevin. Mm. Well, uh, Kimba's fine. Yeah, no, it was. Also, yeah. you have to remember that <clears throat> Ultraman is Airwolf. He is Airwolf. He is Airwolf as fuck. I'm so just, yeah, go see Godzilla minus one. <laughs> David has no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Well, like, I, I'm familiar with Airwolf. It just was like no. before my time. No. You want to you inform him? Okay, so author of Ready Player One, Ernest Klein. Gigantic nerd child. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, he is not king of the nerds. If you're king of the nerds, it's sad. He's right. He's just a nerd. Well, before he became an author, he did spoken word in Texas, and he self-made a CD of his spoken word stuff. And the title of the CD was Ultraman is Airwolf. Uh-oh. Because ult- he one of his bits was, uh, 
<clears throat> the fact that Airwolf is so is the pinnacle of human development. Airwolf is the single greatest invention man has ever had. Everything should be compared and described uh, against Airwolf. Like, if something is truly badass, it is Airwolf. <laughs> and he said, Ultraman is Airwolf. Fuck Michael Knight. <clears throat> yeah, fuck Blue Thunder, fuck Michael Knight. But no, and uh, he went on about, you know, Stringfellow Hawk. <laughs> so I have to ask, Kevin, what's the difference between, like, stand-up and spoken word? Because I've, I've seen... Spoken word is basically a monologue. Yeah. And stand-up is bits that can involve improv and is meant to elicit a humorous response. So I, th- I there's a lot of yeah, it'd word. Be, it'd be the difference between going to the Moth Radio Hour or going to a comedy club. Like, here's the deal. There's a few things on that Ernest Klein CD that are not funny. They're simply just spoken words about living a horrid existence as an IT guy. Not true, I guess. And it's like Henry Rollins did his spoken word tour. Yeah. Mm. It was stories that he wrote, and he told those stories. And uh, it was not stand-up. Yeah. So stand-up is joke, punchline, laughter. Yeah. So I have a question, Kevin. Yes. Kind of a personal thing. Is that what we did? We I know I went and saw something at Dueling Hall. Was that was that Henry Rollins? Or was, uh, who was? I never went to I, Dueling I, Hall. I've been to Dueling Hall for something. I think I you went with Warren and Barry or something for something. I don't remember what it was because I saw I know Rollins has been there, but I don't remember if that was. Okay. What we it went may have been, but I never saw Rollins live. Uh, we listened to him while driving on the Trace with Max one time, but uh, I did <coughs> see Brian Regan. Yeah. When he came to town several years ago. You know, you mentioned Henry Rollins. Uh, that, that station that I listen to, he uh, every Sunday night he has his show where he just plays music and tells stories. Oh, yeah. oh God, that sounds great. Yeah, it's dope as hell. You can actually like catch archives of it on their website. Okay. It's great. Like I love it. I love it. And send me a link sometime. Yeah. Yeah. So there is one thing I wanted to bring up about Doctor Who before we we move on, and it's you remember the part where he's doing the puppet show about the Doctor getting his companions killed, mm-hmm. and he's using the fake German accents the whole time, and the Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, defends himself with like she yeah. lived to she lived and died of old age. Oh well, that's all right then, with no <laughs> accent, just his I... normal voice all of a sudden. I think that's going to be a meme. Like, it has potential. Yeah, no, I loved that scene, though. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to drag Mike back into Doctor <laughs> Who. Uh, so, um, yeah, thank you for that, David. Uh, mm-hmm. Go see Godzilla Minus One. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, let's... We, we usually do a game. Mm-hmm. And... I had inspiration for this one. Mm-hmm. And David gave me the inspiration. So, okay. David, you did a hashtag. Uh, oh, yes. Hash it out, which was American Doctor Who. And mm-hmm. we all made the with the yuck yuck about, like, uh, you know, if your TARDIS has a back porch and it's got, like, three K9 units on it. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, a user, S.K. Leefeld, 
Yeah, Sean Lee uh, Leefeld. He, um, he, I think you you've dealt with him before because he probably. does like webcomic stuff. Yeah, probably so. Well, he yeah. did a post where he said, "Well, the first American Doctor was Burgess Meredith, and uh, the show got canceled, and uh, you know it ended." And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. but what if it didn't? What if mm-hmm. the American Doctor who went on and I cast the seven original Doctors? Mm-hmm. And I want to go ahead and read these on the air first. First, like he said, Burgess Meredith, because I was like, oh, that's perfect. Cantankerous old man. Yeah. All right. And your second is Soupy Sales, which, you know who Soupy Sales is, David? Uh, very, very little. Okay. He was, he had a show, the Soupy Sales show, and it was, it was one of those kids shows that adults love to watch, mm-hmm. you know? So, and he is a comedian, he, and he would he he reminds me of the second Doctor, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Troughton. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, third, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Fourth, Gene Wilder. Because at first I said I thought, uh, who did I say, Mike? Uh oh, you Richard said, Pryor. Yeah, you said Richard Pryor. Yeah. I thought that would have been hilarious. And then Michael's like, Gene Wilder. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Fifth, Harry Anderson. That that was me, too. Yeah. Fifth, Mike said Harry Anderson. I was like, it's fucking brilliant. Now, the sixth one is the doctor that a lot of people didn't like and got fired. So I'm like, Chevy Chase, Chase obviously. <laughs> the one no one can stand and get thrown off the show. The seventh, I said Darren McGavin. Which is the... Like, if there was an American Doctor Who, I totally would imagine Darren McGavin. Oh, absolutely. He Because he played Kolchak the Night Stalker, the origin of the X-Files. I was like, that's great. Well, well he was also Centauri in um, uh, The Last Starfighter. No, he wasn't. Wait. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, Darren McGavin. Yeah, he was okay. Centauri. Uh, that's a new one on me. I didn't realize. Uh, But somebody threw in another idea for the 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 uh, seventh doctor and that was quiet desperation at gregley uh replied to us said i could see peter falk being a contender for the seventh doctor too i was like oh my god mm. uh excuse me davros just one more thing <laughs> i was like that oh my god now you said that you hid the keys to time and uh so anyway so what I thought we could do for a game, starting with the failed 1996 TV movie, let's cast the modern doctors for the American audience. So, uh, and I got to thinking, well, let's have, let's say in 96, a BBC tried to do a TV movie of the American Doctor Who, who would they mm. cast as an American Doctor Who for 96 instead of Paul McGann? So British actor in 1996. Yeah, I don't know enough about British actors of the 90s. I'm gonna just throw Hugh Grant out there because he was in the Red Nose special, and I think he would be pretty good. Um, I'm I'm gonna say Mr. Bean. Rowan. Um, you know he yeah, play, I, he also played he, him in the same special. Yeah, he played he played a Ninth Doctor before they had like the Ninth Doctor. So. Yes. Which I, I think. Rowan Atkinson would make a, a fun, like, this is the British doctor. 
Yes. Okay, that's fair. Now, for nine, Mike, you had an idea. <clears throat> so you, so I do not know the doctors by number. So you might have to tell Christopher me, Christopher like, Eccleston, so the for, one with <clears throat> the the one that just wore a leather jacket. Yeah. So for him, I thought you know, it's what the early two thousands. Yep. Oh five. Um, he's very stylish and very like out of the mold of the quirky doctor. Mm-hmm. Trying to like kind of breathe new life. So I thought Matt LeBlanc. I I could see it. Yeah. I and I was like, no, he's, wait. He's, he's come off of yeah. friends. He's not really doing much. You know? Bam. Well, he, also, like, are we assuming that like the trajectory of the character hmm. is similar? So is this like a doctor who is Dealing with trauma? Yeah. Because I think I'm that kinda, would also influence things. Yeah, I'm kind of going with, like, you know, what would be the American uh, equivalent <clears throat> of some of these doctors? And um, okay. what, 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 what David's saying is that we're assuming the basic the same story arc. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's just make that assumption. <coughs> so. Uh, around that time, I would, you know, maybe, uh, I'm going to throw this out there. For now. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Ooh, for nine or ten? For nine. The only problem is he's British. Well, yeah, but also, like, he's also kind of made his bones here in America, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, right, I would, right. I would say that someone who's primarily working in America counts. If, if they're more Hollywood than, you know, BBC. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, would, I would say him because that's around the time that he started like really kind of showing up and like, he mm-hmm. wasn't too big at that point. You know what right. I mean? Okay. That, that was still, you know, uh, was that, uh, equilibrium American. Oh, Psycho right. Right. Yeah. Era. Before. Yeah. Yeah. God, equal equilibrium's a good movie. It's, a, it's cheesy, but it's, it's, good. it's terrible and amazing. Um, I did have an idea for who could be the tenth doctor, the David Tennant okay. doctor, the American version. Joel McHale. I honestly would totally agree with you there. Yeah, I I love that idea. I would love to see Joel McHale as an American doctor. That would be fun. Yeah, um, he he has that same kind of like. He he's like an American version of an. <laughs> he's quirky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, but but not in like the same kind of way as uh, Tenant is. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be fun for uh, Tenant, <coughs> David Tenant. So, uh, who's getting an idea for Matt Smith's Doctor? So, so, so mm. I want to I want to revise my uh, Eccleson Doctor vote oh. to. Uh, to Ben Browder. Oh shit, dude! Because he was my idea for the tenant doctor. Then I looked up his, you know, when Farscape was like, no, he's better for the Eccleston. Yeah, doctor. yeah, that's that's uh, uh, Crichton from Farscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, yeah. I, know, I know Farscape. I'm, yeah, no, now I'm just that you mentioned that out for uh, folks that may not know. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, Ben Ben Browder doing like American Doctor. Yeah. I, I could see that. I feel like he would be one of those who stuck around for a while. Like, you know, 
uh, if if we're we're kind of doing like this is the American version mm-hmm. of the the existing run, it's got to be like a one and done actor who's like a little too serious. Ah, true. For it, yeah, okay. I'd maybe still, you would maybe like, you would fit for Tenant. I still like both those answers though. Now, now see, Either why not Ben guys. Browder for Ten? That's what I was saying. Maybe he'd be better for Tenant then if he wants to stick around and yeah. really likes the role. I could see that, but I still I'm smitten with my idea of Joel McHale. So, oh yeah, but we got a yeah. couple of contenders there. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, Matt, Matt Smith is a toughie because you got to find a dude that looks like a foot. Well, I said <laughs> wow. uh, I can never remember the dude's <laughs> name, even though he is British too. But he's also one of those more Hollywood. Oh god, than BBC. yeah, uh, uh, Twilight guy, uh, uh, Bat- the Batman, yeah. Pattinson, yeah. Pat, Robert Pattinson. Because he looks like well, a foot as well. You also you also have to think about like what is the essence of that doctor mm. and who is an actor who can so so I, with so what, like what actor can pull off a bow tie? Ooh. Well and also who's more of a fairy tale like figure. I thought <laughs> mm, that's a toughie. Because that's the thing, like Matt Smith's doctor is like his whole thing is like he's a fairy tale. Yeah. Um. Um. Hmm. It's tricky, man. Um, that's a that's a toughie. I I hadn't got that far. Yeah. You know. You know. Um. I this just kind of sticks out to me a little bit, but maybe Paul Wesley from the Vampire Diaries. He also plays Kirk right now. In Strange New Worlds. Oh God, yes, perfect. Yeah, I think I he like could him. be. Yeah, I think he could play kind of the the Matt Smith. I, I I had a I had a different idea. Um, I can't ever remember the uh, was it Jared? I can't remember his last name from uh, Supernatural. Though the one that oh. has not continued to act. Oh, you mean oh, he yeah. he does continue to act, Mike. He's Walker, Texas Ranger now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Well, for a while there, like he wasn't really getting any roles. Yeah. He had some like mental health issues, from what I remember. But I yeah. guess he got that straight. Yeah, I Jared forgot Padalecki. Padalecki. Yeah, forgot he was now Texas Ranger. God, that is sad. He, I wish he, you know. I wish him, it was an American Doctor Who for him now. You know, you know, shit. Like either Jensen, Jared, or Misha could play. Different doctors, yeah. Any of them, yeah. Yeah, and Misha yeah, was but, in the British version, the actual Doctor yeah. Who, uh, with Matt Smith. Yeah, I, I could see, I could see Misha Collins playing, um, uh, the Eleventh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then here's my suggestion for the Capaldi Doctor. Oh, uh, yeah. For, for twelve, I've got nobody. Go for it. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, good God! That yes. Basically, just based on being Negan alone, yeah, or oh, just yeah. any any like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, <clears throat> yeah. like character that he plays, like he's got like an archetype, yeah, yeah. No, that's perfect. I love that dude. Yeah, it's just kind of like the older, rougher around the edges mm-hmm. doctor, kind of with the punk aesthetic. Yes, because that was that was Capaldi. Capaldi, he was basically like an old punk rocker. Well, yeah, so. him and. Uh, Craig Ferguson were in a punk band together when they were young. Oh no, exactly. And he when he got cast as Doctor Who, Craig Ferguson lost his fucking mind. He's like, My best fucking friend's a doctor. And <laughs> and then uh I was sitting here going, Well fuck, get 
get Ferguson for the master, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they won't want yeah. Missy instead. So anyway, yeah, I, I'm going to say Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan for, I could definitely see that. Um, now Jody Whitaker, Alison Brie. Ooh. Is that who just, I think just, it is? Yeah. Uh, Annie from, um, uh, community. Yeah. Okay. And then also she was a lead character in glow. Uh, Oh, right. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. The show about the lady wrestling. Yeah. It's so good. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh, Alison Brie. Alison Brie is the 13th doctor. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we already know, uh, our choice for 10 would be back as 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 15 he's way too big for it but like i would kill to see donald glover yeah yeah i i feel like that would be great um but yeah he's too big for it at this point yeah so yeah we got any ideas for someone else ah, i'm trying to remember the name of the actor i gotta i gotta go through um Give me a moment. I'm looking something up. Okay. Spitball. Mike, you got anything? Not really. Mm. <clears throat> Crap. I, 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 I'm I pulling up the name right now. Yeah, um, see, I, the earlier ones were easier for me because I know actors from back then, but now not so much. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Lionel Boyce. Um, so you'll, you'll have to look at him up, but he is, uh, he plays the character of Marcus on The Bear. And the reason I'm going with him is because he kind of has a, uh, I, I feel like he has kind of a similar career trajectory as um, Shooty had before becoming the Doctor. Okay. He because um, uh, Shooty was on I think Sex Education, which was yes, uh, yes he was a, bi- a, a big drama. Um, Lionel Boyce, he's on The Bear, uh, yeah, which um, is a a big drama. Yeah, I found a picture of him in a bow tie. How, how's that for irony? Well, there you go. But yeah, I, I think because uh, he's really good at as Marcus, I think he could. I think he could pull off. Uh, then again, we don't know a whole lot about Fifteen, right? But like that, that I think would be, he'd be my... a good actor in the role. Yeah. Right. Now, now here's the question. Yeah. Because they made a couple of Doctor Who movies with. Um, um, oh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. So if you had to make oh. an American Doctor Who movie Doctor Who in the versus 1960s, the Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you had to use an American actor for that of mm, the 1960s. That's a toughie. Um, mm-hmm. So so who's the American equivalent of Peter Cushing at that time? Ooh. Oh, Vincent Price. Oh fuck. Damn, that was easy. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> Fucking yeah, Vincent no, Vin- Price. Vincent Price, oh my God. Yeah, no, him <laughs> up against the Daleks. I'll pay money to watch that. God damn, that's perfect. Oh, man. Oh, this has been a fun one. Oh, uh, thank you for playing my game. I am the toy master, the toy maker. I fucked that mm-hmm. up. God damn it. It's late and now, I'm tired. Don't we don't we also have a couple questions? We do have a couple of questions. Thank you for reminding me. So mm-hmm. let's head over there. Uh first question. We had a question 
from Ghost Forge that we decided to answer in this episode because it's more related to that. He asks, for all the hosts, what are your favorite personal stories from playing a tabletop RPG? Okay. Who, who wants to go first? Gentlemen, I, please. I have one. Yeah. Mike, you got one? Nope. God dang it. Okay, I'll I mean, go. You just sprung it on um, me, so I'm kind of thinking. Okay, well, okay. David, you go first. All right, so I was in a group that was doing a Firefly game. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was the... Uh, Firefly RPG, um, and for some reason our, our GM decided that we were going to use the same ship, which, like, okay, that's fine, I guess. Um, but I ended up being the pilot. Oh, dear. Now, here's the thing. I like to create characters who, let's say, challenge themselves. So my pilot Couldn't had fly. severe paranoia about looking at the void. Oh god damn. Of space. It. So my character, I engineered him in such a way that he would be able to fly through instruments only. He would constantly <laughs> have the shields over the window. Oh my god. And I still managed to pilot the hell out of that ship. Well, that's great. Yeah, and you know, people would people would like fuck with my character by like t- uh Taking off, taking off like blast shields or whatever, right? So my character would immediately start freaking out or whatever. So I, I don't know why I went with that. Um, I just like to do that sort of thing. That, but, uh, that it, sound, it, it worked. It yeah, worked. That sounds like some GURPS shenanigans. David David <laughs> has never seen his own foot that he didn't want to immediately shoot. It's, yeah. it's funny. I, I do that with characters. Like my barbarian that I'm playing right now in the D&D game... Um, Complete idiot. Well, that's a barbarian. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I no, I'm, I'm, I'm just a simple country twice. cow. I'm just a simple because I'm a minotaur barbarian, so I'm I'm a simple country cow. Okay. Um, that's but like, mm. it, it's fun because I'll play the character to have these like occasional flashes of insight because I'm trying to get everybody back on task because we we like to like you know role play and everything like that and it's one of those things where it's like okay well obviously we need to get going here so my character will suddenly have some sort of like insightful thing and i'm just like i'm just a dumb barbarian but i'm just a simple country cow but yeah. capitalism <laughs> is the root of all evil and right. i just want to chew my cud like uh, i i've I mean, got, uh... I, I've done so many fucking puns with this character. Um, so one of one of my gift items because the, the 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 DM like gives everybody a gift item, right? When you start the character. Yeah. So mine was a enchanted cloak that uh, I can turn into wings for flight for like an hour. So those are my buffalo wings. Oh god oh, damn yeah. it! Yeah, that's, that's great. terrible. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and tell mine. Uh, when one of our friends was running his game, uh, me and Paul made these two characters. Uh, I was a thief and he was a bard. And I may have told this story, uh, before on the show, but Paul's bard played the spoons. As his instrument. As his instrument. And the only song he knew was Camp, uh, the Camp Town Races. And he went to (laughs) the kitchen and got a couple of spoons. Mm-hmm. And poorly attempted to play them. Yes, while we were role playing. And that's not the worst part. The worst <laughs> part is me and Paul both decided we were Cockney. Yes. 
Right, I think, uh, I th not think, why am I saying, I think uh, somebody might have left a goal line around and maybe we picked it up. The problem with that game was it was like 20 goddamn people. <laughs> it was way too many people in that game, for one. Yeah, and we did piss off someone who just quit the game because they're like, they're, yeah. they're being disruptive. And Scott was like, yeah, they're <laughs> annoying, but they're role-playing. Yeah, no, it, it, this guy was kind of a tool that, you know, nobody really liked. They liked his uh, fiance better than him mm. because he just, like, was pedantic and insufferable. Like I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he was there out of, you know, a courtesy because of the friend group. And, yeah, yeah. He, he hated it where everybody else seemed to have a good time with the antics. Yeah. So... Mike, what's yours? Uh, I don't really... I don't know. Um, uh, Actually, I know yours. What? Can I tell yours? Well, I mean, I, I was going to say, well, maybe Bukaki Ninja. Oh, God, I forgot <laughs> Bukaki Ninja. What the fuck? We're, we're playing a GURP Supers game, and... It was, everybody was pretty much going buck wild with characters. And my idea was I had a ninja who had, uh, uh, what's the boys of power called? It's like matter projection or something. Yes. But basically he was, he also had speed. So he was just super fast and he basically would like, you know, Bukaki as a projectile. <clears throat> he could like whip it out and, you know skeet at super fast speeds. Yeah, you blasted someone's head off. Yeah, I I I, Jesus I, came, Christ. I came someone's head off. Yeah. But but in my defense, the the uh the villain was named Pussy Control and she had a prehensile clitoris. Jesus Christ. And so, uh her uh henchman was a dude <laughs> Who secrete, secreted J.B. Weld from his head. And turned and, into a colossus. It mixed, it mixed all over him, and he became in, invulnerable, yes. Like Colossus, but it, he was a <sighs> fucking living tube of J.B. Weld. It, it's just funny how these, these game sessions devolve, because uh, in, in the City of Mist group I'm in, we had a, we had, we're, we're playing a group of uh, criminals called the Chain Gang, based on Grand Theft Auto. Right. Um, but we're, we're all like, avatars of gods so i'm like a avatar of sun wukong or whatever right um but our our leader is a guy named mr r and he's like a dragon guy and he's we go to a um meet with someone because we're, we're we're doing a job for someone and mr r starts putting the moves on the npc so one of our other guys um uh characters named carlos he is an avatar of hermes he mm -hmm. he like he's kind of like a computer hacker or whatever it's it's weird but he he just like one of one of the things in our game is that our power tag is trolling each other to okay. to uh, like manipulate each other's social interactions and dice rolls because we like to complicate things <laughs> sure so so we evoked the trolling tag and all of a sudden you know as um Mr. R is putting the moves on the NPC Carlos goes he likes midget porn <laughs> and that, that has been a running joke for the past, like for, for most of the game sessions now. Um, it just, at some point, like there's always a little person who shows up 
<laughs> and it's it's it, the, and then the same thing happened with the Firefly game because for some reason we had a janitor on the ship named Scruffy, <laughs> and there was a closet that he would hang out. In, I know exactly just, it, what the Scruffy's going to the way he lived. Yeah, it, it's just again like these stupid little jokes that show up in well, these games, man. So in the defense of this GURPS game, we knew who the, the GM. <laughs> We knew exactly where this game was going. Just, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's yeah. a friend of ours, and we knew, we, we just knew. So yeah. nobody was yeah. taking this seriously by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. It was, it was a guy I based Lewis from Coda's World on. Yeah, this, yeah. This oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. quite, let's say... Uh, Eccentric? Yes. And, like, some other characters, like... So his older brother played with us, and... His character was basically Batman if Batman was completely incompetent and Alfred was the only brains behind the operation. And uh, (laughs) he rolled him up as his butler, but he had the powers and strengths and stats of a god. Yeah. So it's like he had, he was just like every, every device, everything he had was wired with a dead man switch. So he was just throwing like helicopters and plane and cars and planes at the problems and they would explode. <laughs> you may remember this from Coda's world. He, I actually had the bastion <clears throat> of justice in there. He had, he had a microwave right. flashlight that like, he seared, killed my character. He seared everybody <laughs> very thoroughly yeah. with that. He flashlight. completely roasted business mantis. <laughs> yeah. Kevin's character was business mantis. Yeah. Which is fantastic. It, it was, it was some real dumb shit. Well, um, when, when when we start our Call of Cthulhu game, let's try to take it seriously. I know it's oh, not going to last long. It, it it'll be more serious since Paul's not with us anymore. Because uh, mm. I gotta I gotta right. tell a story about uh, Call of Cthulhu, Paul and Mike. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, Paul, his first character was a Catholic priest named Ethan Ramsey O'Patrick. <laughs> who, who may or may not have been in disgrace from touching little children. Yeah. We oh, know. no. Yeah. So anyway, he dumped that character because he was like, I want to make a new guy. And he was like, can I be a hobo? I was like, yeah, okay. So he made Toby. And uh, Toby just kind of became the mascot of our Call of Cthulhu games. Because he would always be like, I'd be talking about what's going on in the game, and then Paul goes, I failed, I, no, I, I passed my jump roll. What did you do, Paul? And he, I jumped over the mayor's table. All right, you're getting thrown out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> so it was always shit like that. Like, they fight some, they fight like ghouls and get away, and Toby is running along with like an outboard motor <laughs> that he managed to steal. He successfully pantsed a garden gnome once. Yeah. He like like shoved it down his pants so he could steal it. And he attacked Nyarlathotep with that garden gnome. Oh yes, that's true too. Uh, but Mike ha- is the subject of my favorite story from that campaign. Uh, he was playing Vinny Two Thumb Santiago. He's like a reject from Jersey Shore crossed with uh, Carl from Aquatine. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> right, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need no degree to know how to potty. So, uh, 
the group is getting ready to go into this warehouse, I'm like, all right, what's everybody packing? Paul, what you packing? He's like, I got my garden gnome and a Molotov cocktail. And uh, everybody's saying what they got. And I turned to Mike. I go, Mike, what you packing? And he goes, my swinging dick. <laughs> and I fucking, we all had to just take a break. It wasn't even that original. <laughs> no, you know, but that, it was hilarious. I mean, it was basically, it was, that was a Firefly reference, but. <laughs> Still. It, it, it just, when it hits, it hits, man. When it hits, yeah. it hits. And it was perfect. And uh, I don't think anything will ever happen in a game I run. That's that funny again. Oh, it will. They, they, those <clears throat> so, things happen. Anyway, that thank you for that question, Ghostforge. <laughs> I really enjoyed talking about that. Uh, he had a question he asked us last time, and me and Mike answered, which is, uh, "What's your favorite fictional magic system in mm-hmm. a uh, in a book or movie or TV show or whatever, and why?" So I'm watching um, a lot of, like, fantasy anime. Yeah. And, um, like, the absurd amount of, like, spell-channeling, like, verses that characters have to do in some of these. Um, <laughs> like, um, oh, I'm trying to think of one. I think Goblin Slayer is one of them where, you know, you have to do this long-invoking uh, prayer to a deity in order to cast a spell uh-huh. And, like, it's ridiculous, but also it's kind of cool because it's, like, in a gameplay scenario, a lot of these are based off of tabletop oh, yeah. stuff. I, I like it, that because, yeah, in, yeah. you know, originally in D&D and stuff, you had that, like, it took, like, tur- oh, yeah. a turn, two turns, three turns to, to actually cast, cast a, spell. a spell. And not only that, you had to be pulling, like, rat tails and shit out of your oh, pouch yeah. and for the... Oh, yeah, still uh, a thing, but nobody pays attention the, to what, what was it called, the physical component of a spell? Uh, a cantrip? Cantrip, yeah. Yeah. No, no, um, no, so, so cantrips so, are... Aren't cantrips, like, basic spells that you can, like, fire off real yeah, quick? Oh, reagents, reagents. Reagents, that's, that's the word, for, yeah. So, so, obviously, like, those, although also, um, speaking of another anime, Overlord... It's all, like, it's based on an MMO sort of thing, so, like, they Mm -hmm. they have to, like, in anime, you call out your move, so it's just funny, there was this one episode in the first season (laughs) where um, uh, the lead character is casting all of his buffs on himself for a fight, and it's like a full, like, (laughs) two minutes where he's naming all of these different buffs. Jesus uh, And applying them, and it's, like, hilarious, but also kind of cool. Yeah. Because he's just like naming like buff after buff and he keeps pulling out items and evoking them. And I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This reminds me of Monkey D. Luffy yelling out his attacks and everybody's like, nobody does that. <laughs> and then, of course, everybody does. And then everybody yeah. does it, yes. Yeah. No, just, you know, because in every like shonen anime, every character names their attack. But no, just like the ridiculousness of like, you know, because in, in if you're playing an MMO, you just press the buttons or whatever. But yeah, because right. they need to make the MMO work in this, like, isekai setting, he has to literally... So he's just standing there. I cast Fast Speed. I cast Will of the Wisp. I cast... It's just like yeah. a two-minute sequence so, of him naming buff after buff of this imaginary magic system that probably has its own consistent rules or whatever... But we don't have fucking access to, so we're just assuming. Right. Okay, this all mechanically makes sense for the game. Yeah. So, so you mentioned <laughs> you know MMO and stuff, and made me think. Wait a minute, was there has there ever been an isekai that like had the actual like in game menus? Like, oh yeah, no, that's Sword Art Online. Right. Yeah, they a, actually a have lot to of navigate the menus in 
in the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of them do. I'm watching um, Shangri-La online right now. And uh, yeah, like the, the like when he's in combat, you know, he's a he's a dagger wielder. So he's just like slashing at things. But you'll see like crit and that sort of thing. And then like whenever he's doing menu stuff, the menu pops up in front of him. So interesting yeah. sitting there like he has to use a he has to heal like the psych song where is that i know i got that push where is it no it's not there where is it back up no down no down where <laughs> they they very much kind of like pick and choose know. you know what i mean because he'll like actually have like a potion on his hip or he'll pull it out a physical potion he doesn't have to navigate a fucking menu for it yeah it, it's also one of those like vr mmo oh yeah oh, that's so that's, common yeah so, yeah. so speaking of Isekai, David, I have a question for you just mm -hmm. you know, here. So what do you think of the, uh, the Suicide Squad Isekai trailer? I haven't seen you it haven't yet, seen but it? I'm... I haven't seen it either. You, you saw I'm, part I'm of it, I'm intrigued. Kevin. Like, it, I, so it's just some dude Dave who... Was watching it. Did, is he like an OC or is he like isekai into like a member of the Suicide Squad? I, as far as I know, it's just... it's. I don't think there is no, I think it's just Harley and the Joker and the suicide squad fucking isekai into a fantasy world. Oh shit. Oh, okay. God. I thought it was like a dude isekai no, into like, no, no, they, they, they are in a fantasy world. And it, it sounds stupid and fun at the same yes, time. It, yeah. It looks stupid and fun at the same time. Like I, I don't, I don't mind stuff like that as like miniseries and stuff like it, it like, you know, fuck it. Yeah. Let's see what happens to Batman when you drop him off in World of Warcraft. Fuck <laughs> it. Let's, let's see it. Let's see it. I'm I'd Batman watch it. I'd watch I'm it. He'd, he'd be like, he'd be like world first kill on a raid boss or something like it just. Yeah. But yeah, it's no, it's Joker and Harley and Two-Face and uh, King Shark. And I'm trying to think of who else I saw in, in there. But yeah, they're all they're all in a fantasy world. Good lord. That, dragons and wild. knights that's, and shit. That is interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what I would love to see is because a while ago I had pitched this idea of a show where it's like the Muppets playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. I um, remember that. Like I just want to see like downtime episodes of series where it's characters playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like the Justice League playing Dungeons and Dragons. What kind of characters would oh, they God. roll? So, oh, so, so you just see like Bruce come out like with armloads of books and be like, I, I, I kind of have like all the supplements. I bought everybody a I'm, game book. I'm rich and I bought you the players and no, no, he's just. I, he's I bought just a Wizards nerd. of the Coast. He's just a giant <laughs> nerd and has all the books already. You oh, have to and you know anything. that Bruce would be the fucking power gamer. Oh yeah, min yeah yeah. Yeah, it just I, again, and like this could be a topic. Like this could be a number of games. You know what I mean? We could do an entire episode where just like, okay, here's a here's a franchise. What character? What game are the characters playing? And who are they playing as? We'll have to play that next time. Yeah. Yep. Um. All yep. right. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We had a lot of fun here. A lot of interesting discussion, and might get to take part in some of it. In, in a little <laughs> bit, yes. Yep. So uh, that leaves our positive affirmation for the week. And this week, I just want to say, remember, you are the golden apple in Eris's eye. Aww. Embrace the chaos. Aww. All right. So, everyone, it's time to climb out of the distraction hole, and we will see you down here next time. Goodbye.
I don't know how we end this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Hey, uh, there's still a basket with lotion in it down here, and there's no food. Better what, eat what, that what lotion. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to have some bad shits. Milk it like a cow, baby. 